Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is Parental Guidance Advised with Monty and Allie. Monty and Allie, what's our other name? Ernest, Ernest and... and- what is it? Frank. Frank. Frank and Ernest. Frank and Ernest. Yes. So I'm Frank. I'm Ernest. <laughs> okay, so Ernest, Ernest T is what that reminds me of. So my little Ernest one uh, just returned from Tokyo. He and did. as most of you know who have followed me on Twitter, Monica on Air Talk, uh, you know that she suffered um, a very violent accosting on the streets of Tokyo. She was there to celebrate Halloween with her friends. Apparently, this is a big deal. And you know why it's a big deal in Tokyo? It's a big deal because sameness is basically mandated to the extent that the one day a year that people actually get to be something that they're not told to be by their government, uh, they do so. And they do so with great zeal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I wanted you to uh, share a little bit because the reason why I want to share the story is because my followers were extraordinarily supportive from the instant I tweeted it. And I've since apologized for my expletive in my tweet uh, uh, following my rant about and being anti-globalist. <laughs> um, but needless to say, when a mother gets a snotty phone call with you whimpering and crying and just a mess, um, and I am literally thousands of miles across an ocean, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you kind of go into this place where, and especially once you told me that someone had punched you in the face... All I could see was me getting on a plane with a gun to yep. come and find this sack of crap who did this to you, right? All of my Christianity, all of that completely flushed down the toilet. So did mine. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and that was gone. Yeah. So, like, G-A-W-N, gone. So, I was like, I'm done. Sanctification um, over. Yeah. I'm like, all right, Jesus. Jesus, take the wheel. Take my gun. Take everything because I am so livid. I cannot tell you what I and I said this to you just last night. Every time I even think or utter the words that he punched you in the face, I cannot tell you what that does to me as the person who gave birth to you. I I just I can't tell you what that does to me physically, mentally and emotionally. It 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 provokes such a deep anger inside of me that I could literally choke the person to death who did this to you. You're telling me. I'm the one who got punched. All right. So walk us through what happened because people are very curious. Yeah. So um, basically there's a part of Tokyo called Shibuya, which is this huge kind of square. And that's where tens of thousands of people from across the world flock literally Halloween night and they get dressed up and they drink and they be ma- they're merry and everyone has a good time walking around. It's crazy, insane. Um, throughout the majority of the evening, everything was fine. 
everyone was very respectful, especially the Japanese people, but even the foreigners, the foreigner travelers. Everyone was just there to have a good time. No one was there to cause trouble. So to put it in perspective, this is like Times Square Times, on yeah. I mean, yeah. it's times a million. Yeah, it's like, like New Year's Eve on time. It's Times yeah, Square. Okay. No, it, but it's it's Worse. insane because right. it's multiple, multiple city blocks of Times Square okay, on it. New Year's Eve. Okay. So crazy, crazy, crazy. And but you're there with friends. I am. I'm there with a big group of friends, girls and guys. We're all having a good time. No one's upset. No one's getting, you know, lost or hurt or anything. And, um, you know, we kind of get separated, but then we come back together. And I had heard from another girlfriend of mine that someone had come up in front of her and her boyfriend who was holding her hand right next to her and just decided to touch her boobs. Oh. He just, he was like, okay, uh, I see boobs. I'm going to touch them. She's wow. standing next to her boyfriend, who's like six foot tall, and he's not. And like, again, important to note, he this person was not a Japanese no. nationalist. I I'm a big proponent of of giving credit where credit is due, <laughs> whether good, bad, or indifferent. And so I don't want to misrepresent um, a an ethnicity. I, I and so because I really have a lot of respect for the Japanese in terms of their demeanor, their hospitality. They're mm-hmm. very kind. They're very gentle. Oh yeah, right. Very respectful. Right. So I couldn't have even imagined that no. this would have been like a young Japanese dude. And they, if they okay. weren't. They okay. were not. They were not Japanese, and they were not. Yeah, they were not Asian. They were Asian, but they were not Japanese. Okay. Um, the Japanese people are are wonderful. They're very kind. They're very inviting. Extremely respectful. Right. Um. There's no cat calling. There's none of yeah. that. Um, they're very respectful people. So these were not Japanese nationals. These were foreigners. Um, so early we had heard that I had heard that cautionary tale. So I was like, okay, I need to be aware on the lookout for people who could be doing this. Really didn't expect it to happen though. Was not walking around. I was walking with the giant group of friends down a very crowded street with police, mm-hmm. and someone decided to come up behind me and stick their hand under my skirt. And as soon wow. as I felt their hand, I turned around and started beating the crap out of them. There was no thought. There was no. <laughs> did, there was no. Uh, I'm sorry. Did you mean to do that? There was no like pause. There was no freezing. There was nothing. It was just I'm. I'm gonna kill you if right. I can. Right. Like that's like. Basically, you, you what went happened. all girl, and oh, we fight as girls, girls. We fight with everything. I fight with no dignity. I yeah, fight with exactly. dishonor. Right. Like, <laughs> I am everything that I can use as a weapon is getting used. <laughs> like men want to fight like with honor. Yeah, right. Like, like men. <laughs> right. I'm like okay. Like, I got teeth. I got nails. I got feet. I, I got have hands, knees. I, I have knees. everything. <laughs> I got elbows. I have something I can pick up I off the chair. street. Yeah. <laughs> There is okay. no honor in girl fighting. Okay. But we'd get the job done. Well, okay. Apparently, because you push him, you beat him. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, the ground. I punched him. I kicked him. I scratched him. I need him. And I need him in where the sun don't shine. And that's whenever he decided to turn around and throw a nice little quick sucker punch to the jaw. And that's when one of my guy friends noticed what was happening and turned around. Because this stuff happens in like flash of a second. Oh, it was 0.5 seconds. Yeah, like I'm sure now thinking back, it feels like slow motion. But no, it was literally. Because I was like, where the hell were your guy friends? It was 30 seconds. Okay, It was 30 seconds of me beating the crap out of this guy. He turned around, sucker punched me. And then my friend saw what happened, grabbed him by the throat, threw him on the ground. And he was about to kill him. And that's when the police finally saw what was going on. And then- 
N- literally the cherry on top this guy runs away and leaves his friend who had nothing to do with this in the dust right so you deal with the japanese police i do i mean you know it's not enough for your kid to call you and and she's like mom i got a speeding ticket and it and it was like 30 miles over the speed limit and a super speeder is going to cost like fifty thousand dollars i got to go to court i could have lost my license you know from georgia like where I can call people who call people and, yeah. and like get some stuff done. We're dealing with mom. I had to have my passport and I and I had to file a police report with the Japanese police. Of course, I'm thinking Japanese, so my mind goes like North Korea, China. I'm like, am I going to see my daughter again? <laughs> yes. You know, I'm like not without my child. You know, I'm just like, I, I go to like the worst possible scenario where I'm like, she's in a Japanese prison, cockroaches, dirt no. floor. Like, what's <laughs> happening right now? Did any of your friends have drugs? Like, all of this is happening in my head at one time. And I know your friends don't have drugs, but no. and, I, and I warned you about that. Thank God you didn't, because if something had happened and one of your friends did, all of y'all go down. Like, it's not just one of you. And now I'm dealing with diplomats and people in foreign countries, which we've had to do before. Yes. But not because of you. No. But uh, yeah, it's good to know people. But mm-hmm. uh, still, okay, so I asked you on the way in this morning, what what do we want people's takeaway to be? And what did you say? Learn to throw a punch. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. So my listeners were like, instantly followers are like, well, you Nine, eight out of ten people extraordinarily supportive. Is she okay? What can we do? We're praying right now. Where's I have friends. <laughs> like, did she get a picture? You know, we got friends in Tokyo. They wanted to make him go viral because because of Twitter, you cannot hide anymore. Mm-hmm. Because once your picture's out there, we're gonna find you. Okay, mm-hmm. but you guys didn't get a picture of him. No, the police didn't have a picture of him. Blah blah blah. So if you had gone through his friend's phone, you probably would have had a picture of him. Probably. See, I should have been an investigator. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for dating janky men. <laughs> you learn, you how learn to real quick. Stuff. Yeah. So I um, but to, but a couple of people were like, well, that's why I don't leave the country. That's why I would never let my child or my grandchildren leave the country. So you got your shamers, right? This happens right. here. I know that. I know that. But these are people who literally live in a bunker, probably surrounded with prep material. Okay, probably. so I get it. And it's it's. But and listen. And so I'm literally thinking to myself. You know what? You can't be upset because you put it out here publicly and so you're gonna have to take the crazies and mm-hmm. the people who love you and everything that comes with it and not be upset about it so I had to decide where I was going to allow my energy to be spent and yeah. it wasn't going to be on a shamer I'm surprised you didn't get the what was she wearing well I didn't of course I thought that because I was like what okay what were I you thought gonna, that I, myself I wanted to know every piece of the scenario because not to shame you but mm-hmm. my question was what 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 did you do something to provoke it and i'm your mom and i've been a victim of this and you've been a victim of this crap in the past and so of course all those thoughts go through your head i could not get past the fact that he laid his hands on you in such a violent way not only sexually accosting you but the fact that he violently attacked you was something mm-hmm. i could not get out of my head clearly they're not used that culture is not used to women fighting back Right. They're just used to doing whatever the hell they want to do. And then that. And so he he looked at me like the because you said you made eye contact with him before before. he hit because he was he was like in shock that I would have laid my hands on him that I would have fought back. 
Right. And he was angry. It was like he was punishing me. Uh, yeah. Almost like a dad punishing their kid. It was like a disciplinarian action. And I was like... Oh, uh-uh. And, yeah. he, and you said you you thought he might have been of Indian yeah, nationality? Yeah, I think he, yeah, I'm pretty Which sure. Which that still surprises me. I was like, you sure it went like a bunch of uh, Pakistani Muslim men who are just used to being able to, you weren't in well, a burqa, so it's like, oh, sure, let me just grope whoever I want to. There, There is a large Muslim culture in India as well, right. however, and this, again, is not to speak bad on an entire culture or religion or socioeconomic status, um, but India, as everyone well knows, is just now coming into any kind of women's rights. Right. It's just now actually cracking down on violence against women. But right. they've had many, many years of not doing that, yeah. especially if you were in the upper echelon. You were right. very used to. I mean, it's just like that here. Well, you get away yeah, with certain and, and things. And I was saying, absolutely. I mean, our own government, for yeah. God's sake. So, yeah, in local policy. I mean, yeah. absolutely. I get it. And so I was saying, you know, you have a caste system that you're dealing with over there as well. So there is kind of this, you know, and I have some girlfriends from India, and they're just glad they made it out alive because other little girl babies are just left off at the dumpster mm -hmm. because their lives are just not valued as much as boys, which is interesting to me because it's like, who the hell do you think is going to birth? Who do you think is going to continue to birth your generations, goofball? They don't think so that. They don't think that way. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So, yeah. And then some other people were like, well, that's why you should teach your girls how to fight. And I was like, okay, so you have no idea that Allie, actually, the reason he punched <laughs> you is because you did kick his butt. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, I just, I wanted, how are you? Um, Living. I'm alive. That's about it. I'm not very fond of the male species right now. Yeah, you told me on your way back that you had a really difficult time. And I could I could I could relate to that on some level because anytime I've had my heart smashed by someone and there's some shame involved in it for whatever reason, for however it went down. But if I've had my heart smashed by someone in the past and I feel very vulnerable and I feel stupid and I feel violated, um, I, too, have had that feeling of I can't even look in a man's eyes. I can't because I feel vulnerable and I'm not going to be vulnerable with you. So there's kind of this look on my face like piss off to every man that mm -hmm. I see for a season until I work through the hurt, mm -hmm. I work through the pain, and I can clear all of that. Um, and I have to get spiritual about it. I can't go into my head over it. So where where are you? How how are you working through the healing process? Mm. Or have you? I mean, because no. it right. It, I mean, it, it it happens. Or you've had a lot of nightmares. I have. I mean, nightmares, but just intense dreams. I've just it's there's just not been a lot of rest. I mean, on top mm. of, you know, I was only in Japan for five days, and so I had two full days of travel and like four days in a different country. So there's jet lag that's involved. Yeah. There's like all kinds of craziness. And, you know, thankfully, I have a really supportive boyfriend, mm -hmm. um, you know, who has been amazing and has just kind of let, you know, me do what I need to do. But aside from him, yeah, the, re the rest of the male species can kind of just <laughs> suck it right now. <laughs> I'm not mad at you, kid. So. But I remember you called and you were like, Mom, I just want to come home. Yeah. Okay. And so, I was very clear about that. Uh, yeah. And I said... Let's because you were 13 hours ahead of me. So I was like, OK, let's do this. It's late at night over there, like early in the morning. Um, let's take a shower, you know, wash it off, get some tea, let your friends love on you, get a good night's sleep, just rest on it. I'm not going to shame you if you come home. I'm not mm -hmm. going to be upset if you stay. My instant thought, because this is me, because I'm like a I'm, I'm, I'm the squalor, I'm the fighter. Mm -hmm. So I was like, OK, all right. 
because again, I went spiritual. So I was like, okay, I see what's happening here. It took a lot of nerve for you to go over there as it is because you have some health issues that you've had since you were little that, you know, can prevent you from having a really good time and feeling, um, you know, feeling secure yeah. in, in unfamiliar territory. Okay. Yeah. And so, so it was a big deal. It was a giant step of courage for you to go over to Tokyo in a country you've never been to. Language, nothing. Nothing. There's is not familiar. even a remote alphabet that looks anything like anything nothing that we've is seen. Familiar. Right. But except for McDonald's well, and Burger King of and Wendy's and KFC <laughs> and Coca Cola. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The poisons, whatever, throughout the earth. So, anyway, sugar, sugar, sugar. Um, but it took a lot of courage for you to go. And so there was a part of me that was like, okay, all right. So if the enemy of joy and peace and life is going to come after you with his demonics through someone else across the ocean. Me personally, I'd be like, hell no. I'm not going to let you steal my trip. Um, I will deal with the repercussions of what happened. I, you were safe. I knew that. I yeah. want to make sure you're safe. You had gotten medical attention. You went to the police. Mm-hmm. All the crosses, you know, T's were crossed and I's were dotted. But I was like, all right, Allie, I want to give you the choice to you can stay or you can come home. I'll put you on a flight right now. You you always knew from the get-go you could come home. But I was really, I'm hesitant to say I was really proud of you. I was very, I was thankful, and I am proud of you, for making the decision to take your territory back. Because when you're dealing with demonics, the, the goal is to charge your territory so that there's violation, there's yeah. uh, unrest, there's anger, there's, you know, uh, any number of evil that it's they to make usher. you unsure of yourself. Absolutely. And your safety. Yeah. And any, num- any number of things. And so I didn't want you to succumb to that, spiritually speaking. And I didn't. I right. stayed an extra day and then I came home. Right. Because I was ready to come home. Right. And I did. And, you know, I did get to enjoy an amazing sushi experience with <laughs> the cutest Japanese couple you would have ever seen ever. They looked like they were out of a postcard. Aww. They didn't speak any English. We didn't speak any Japanese. <laughs> and it was the best sushi I've ever had in my like entire life. Was it charades over yes, Japanese? it yeah. was. They had little, like, replicas of the sushi and we pointed to what we wanted. <laughs> This is when plastic food counts. Yes, it yeah. was very, very helpful. And they were just wonderful awesome. and very sweet and kind and just felt like I was in my grandparents' kitchen, Aww. basically. Um, sweet. And they were great. And See, so and you got to redeem some I territory. Did. I did. I like and it. I'm grateful for that. Absolutely. Right. And, you know, I got you know, one of my friends was very sweet and she just kind of stayed with me one of the days and we just hung out and we talked and ate food and it was really, really a sweet time. Yeah. Um, and she is a nurse, so she is a caretaker, but yeah. she was being more of a friend than a Good. nurse, which was great. So, yeah, I had a wonderful time, and then I was ready to come home. Right. And I did. Yeah. I came good. home and I rested and I got loved on and, you know, that was exactly what I needed. And now, you know, you just kind of go on and go forward and you figure it out. And that's where I'm at, just figuring it out. Good. Okay. That's a good place to be, kiddo. Okay, you're also volunteering, so tell us a little bit about that. I am. So I'm volunteering with a couple of organizations. Um, One is called Covenant House, which deals with youth homelessness Mm -hmm. here in Atlanta. They have an outreach program. They have a short-term living situation, long-term living situation. Um, They have a clinic. They have um, kind of like career readiness classes. Mm -hmm. They have all kinds of stuff. It's really, really a wonderful place. 
Um, and I'm super excited. I'm actually going to be sponsoring a youth in their long-term program for the holidays and just kind of, you know, whatever's on their wish list of things that they need. Excellent. Um, I'm going to be helping out with that. And, you know, they just, they really, they go into the trenches. Mm -hmm. They go into where these kids, where they know these kids are living. And so do we have a big homeless population of youth here? It's estimated to be over 3,000. Of youth. Of youth. And that's around the ages of 13 to 24. Wow. And where are they living? You said under bridges? Under with bridges. Johns, yeah. With, yeah. Under bridges, abandoned buildings. Cars. Cars. Yeah. Um, you know, people who, under the guise of taking care of them, take them in. I mean, yeah. wherever they can really rest their head for a few hours is where they are. And do they, Has anyone covered why they leave their homes? A lot of it is because of abusive situations. And in the city of Atlanta especially, there is a lot of um, LGBTQ youth okay. that finds themselves homeless because of family situations. Okay. Whether it's because of abuse, because mm -hmm. of their sexual orientation, right. or because their families have literally kicked them out. Wow. Yeah. That's really sad. So that's an interesting number because I was just told recently that our entire population is 3,000. And you're telling me that that's, that's just, just youth. youth. Yeah. Okay. And youth can go up to 24. So, mm -hmm. so we were, we watched a, because something that really came to me during my trip to Italy is, um, is a real heartfelt desire to do, to get involved in something civically, something mm -hmm. that I can personally sink my teeth into that I'm passionate about. And it, it didn't take any time at all for the temperatures to drop and for me to start noticing that we are slowly in this particular city becoming a tent city. I've reached out to the governor's office. I've reached out to the governor himself. I've reached out to lieutenant governor. You name it, I've done it to mm -hmm. call attention to it. The mayor's office, forget it. They're asleep at the wheel. They're part of the problem. So, and I know that. So, and that's not to be critical. It's factual. So. Yeah. For me, it's like, all right, here's the deal. What are you upset about? The fact that they're homeless or that they're an eyesore? I had to get honest with myself where it was like, okay, why do I get angry every time I drive down certain streets and I see tents everywhere? You know why? Because A, people should not be living that way. B, I pay for these streets. I pay for police. Mm -hmm. I pay for things to be clean and in order. And whenever I see complete chaos and disorder and people doing drugs, and we know after watching our documentary just last night, yeah. Seattle is dying. If you have not seen that documentary, it's I urge you to watch it. It's one hour. It's on YouTube. And it will blow your mind. Really I don't will. even want to go to Seattle now after watching that because it's that pervasive. And people think I'm crazy or I'm being a hysterical woman uh -huh. whenever I say we're going to see that happen in the city of Atlanta within 10 years, mm -hmm. if not sooner, because sooner. Right. Because every arrow pointed back to the law is becoming lax. Things that were felonies are now misdemeanors and they're not enforced. So when law is not enforced, lawlessness will abound. That's just how that works. And the drug culture, too, yes. is just rising. It reminds me, this is so funny, it reminds me of this uh, speech that Reese Witherspoon gave for the Glamour Women of the Year Awards. And her whole thing was uh, about women who say in movies, what do we do now? And she's right, like, like, we don't know. Yeah. She's like, yeah. have you ever actually heard a woman? <laughs> what are we supposed to do? Yeah. Like yeah. ever ask someone that? Because That's no, awesome. not you don't hear that in real right. life. You only hear that in movies. Yeah. Women are immediately, this is what we're doing now. Right. And what's interesting going forward in that documentary you see in Providence, Rhode Island, they have a program that treats the drug problem. Correct. And the lawlessness problem. That's right. At the exact same time. Yep. And 
everyone in that group is a woman. Yes. The, the and head I love of the, the fact. Yeah. I love the fact that the dude doing the documentary, which he did, he said he's a reporter with ABC, a local news and ABC affiliate yeah. in Seattle. He did an amazing job, and he said. Isn't it interesting, you know, that the four women, I think there are five yeah. women who are in charge of different organizations who have brought this whole program together to where they're treating the whole person mm-hmm. and they're treating the drugs while they're incarcerating your butt mm-hmm. because you're, they're not going to allow, I love it. They're like mamas. who They're like my kind of mother because that's how I mothered you. Yeah. Here's the deal, They're kid. women. Right. You've got, but not all women are like that. You've got a lot of women on that city council and on our city council Mm -hmm. who are, uh, God, what would you call them? They're enablers. They're codependent. They are weak. And there's nothing more dangerous. I say this a lot. I'm quoted as saying this, actually. To me, there's nothing more dangerous than a weak woman. Nope. Because weak men, we can kind of push them over, (laughs) shove them aside and take over and we're fine. Weak women and the world goes. Yeah, it's dangerous. And so I love the fact that these women are like, "Uh, no, this this is the law. Mm -hmm. This is order. And you're either going to get help. Or you're going to stay incarcerated. Those are your two choices. Either way, you're not going to be able to use the drugs. Now, here's something I really love. They actually treat the drug addiction with the drugs that they know assist with keeping you off of those heroin, Mm -hmm. meth, all the stuff that, you know, crack, all the stuff that makes you see demons and talk to things that really are there that we just can't see because we're not hallucinating with you. Um, But it opens the spirit realm in that in that way. And I love the fact that they're that they out of um, what do they say? Ninety three percent of their folks are successful Mm -hmm. and they do not go back to the streets and they do not go back to the drugs. That's they stay a, in the program. That is a 7% recidivism rate. That is a big deal. That says this is working. So yeah. I, so for me, I'm looking forward to really diving into that particular initiative. They are kind of a state and private mm-hmm. uh, entity when I think with that you can run into some issues, but you got to have people on the same page. Yeah. So I was in you coming home telling me that there are 3,000 youth in the youth. city. And that's, I mean, that's an estimation. That was a Georgia state study that they did. They went around essentially asking people. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, again, it, it's an estimate. It, supposedly goes to the age of 13 but it's probably younger right um you know it's really sad and you know i think we both are kind of in this civic-minded space where it's like what can we do right i see what's going on it makes me angry it hurts my soul it makes me sad right so i'm not just going to sit and and watch people waste away correct and affordable housing is not listen i love my friends they're well-meaning they're very successful people they keep sending me articles exactly they're like well if we just fix the housing we just keep you know like with with, who was it mr p amazon who or um apple threw like two billion dollars at uh the state of california that was smart that's gone yeah and so you know to end the homelessness problem for affordable housing and i'm like dude they're on meth. They're shooting up heroin. They don't care where they live. Do you understand? This is not because people can't afford a house. They don't want a house. Mm-hmm. That was the other thing that they covered last night. So it's not affordable housing. It's not even a matter of a skill set. It's a matter of people getting off of the drugs long enough to be mm-hmm. able to reclaim their life. So I love this. They were like, we don't have a homeless problem. 
we have a drug problem. We do have a drug problem, and we see that more and more. How like how many hundreds or even thousands? Of, I think it's hundreds of people a day are dying because of the opioid crisis. Yeah, and Absolutely. we started that. Our right. doctors started that. Right. Our pharmaceutical companies right. oh, started that. Oh, your butt that. hurts. Oxycodone, yeah. Right. Your toenail fell off? Codeine, right. yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm making light of it, and there's nothing. Or people get in a car accident, or people, you know, move and twist something the wrong way in their back. And next thing you know, they're, I mean, you've got soccer moms out in this. Listen, this is not just black folks. It's not oh, just indigent, no. you know, bunch of hicks. It's, no, it's not people in trailers. These are people who were legitimately living in $400,000 houses, tennis skirts, kids in private schools. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, something happens. She doesn't feel good. Doctor prescribes drugs. Next thing you know, she's legit ad- addicted to crack. Mm-hmm. Like a soccer mom shooting up heroin and smoking crack cocaine in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. And you're like, how does that happen? It happens a little bit at a time. You would be surprised. So I'm proud of you for going to do that. And so what would be, what is your call to action for our listeners in terms of getting involved with something that's local? Because we always say that politics is local. I'm taking it one step further. Politics is no longer local. Politics is national. Politics is global. But you have to start on your local level with taking care of the family that you have decided to live around. And that means your community. Yeah. And there's so many community initiatives. I mean, all you have to do is just Google it. Search community initiatives near me and you'll have tons of information pop up and tons of organizations that need help. Right. They need volunteers. They don't like, yes, you can donate money money at it. Like money's going to solve the problem. But they need Boots on the ground. Absolutely. They need people they taking need the time right. to actually go and be a part of these organizations. Yeah. Because he said that, too. The reporter was like, we don't have a financial problem. We don't have a money problem. We have more. It's like the education system. People are like, well, let, teachers need raises. We need more money. I'm like, you already have enough money. Like, f- allocate the funds accordingly. <laughs> I mean, no. no. Why do we keep dumping money? And that's what we do because we don't know what to do. We we don't feel comfortable sitting on a street corner with an indigent person. Another thing my producer hit me to, I didn't even know this, was that the number two line item in our state is indigent health care. I mean, that's our number two co- expenditure in the state of Georgia is indigent health care. What the hell? What is that about? I mean, this stuff has got to, someone's got to put the brakes on. And if you can't put the brakes on a runaway government, what you can do is utilize your resources. Tap into the things. This is what I encourage people to do. Sit down and figure out what your gift set is as a human being. What did God knit you together with? What is your gift set? Are you a money person? Are you a number cruncher? Are you a word person? Can Mm -hmm. you shape press releases? Can you teach little kids how to read? Are you hospitable? Are can you, you just be there? Can you just be there? Are you an edifier? You know, mm-hmm. go through the different spiritual gifts and look at yourself. We take personality profiles and for what? To give Google our information about <laughs> what we like to purchase and when and how and to tell us something about ourselves. Look in the mirror. Sit down. Have other people tell you the gifts that they see inside of you because a lot of times we can't even see what we're really good at. Mm-hmm. So have other people pour that information into you and then sit down, look around your community and find some responsible ways to pour into other people's lives. It doesn't have to take up all of your time. It can be one, two hours could, span a week. It could be four hours a month. It could be an hour a month. Yeah. But just your presence being there. It will is, do something. It will make a change. Yeah. OK. So something for you 
if you're in the Atlanta area, I want to promote uh, Project Open Hand. It's something I've done with my church, Buckhead Church, and I was turned on to that a couple of years ago, and they deliver meals. And um, and I loved it because they have like a really well oiled machine. So as a volunteer, you're not left in the dark. You go for training mm-hmm. for one day. You can either work in the kitchen. You don't have to go deliver meals. You can help prepare the meals. Mm-hmm. And people have a lot of fun in the kitchen and they always need help. But I'm going to tell you something. There is nothing more rewarding than seeing someone's face when they open the door and you're standing there with their meals for the next week. And they didn't think anyone gave a damn. Mm -hmm. And they weren't sure how they were going to eat. And they're lonely. And their families don't come visit them. and But they're still able to take care of themselves to an extent. But they can't cook for themselves. There's nothing more rewarding than showing up with a warm meal for someone to say, here, this is for you. We love you. You're not forgotten. Mm-hmm. You are cared for and you are cared about. So I want to encourage you to do that. Allie, thank you for encouraging people to do that. Thank you for being brave and sharing your story because I'm proud of you because you didn't allow the shame to sink in. So thank yeah, you. Thank you. Good stuff. All right. We love you guys. We'll be back next week. Ernest and I'm not Ernest. I'm Frank. You're Frank. And you're I'm Ernest. Ernest. <laughs> Monty and Allie, parental guidance advice. Share, share, share our podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. I do appreciate you parents who are sharing it with your kids. I'm hearing from people. Love it. Monica, share with other parents. Absolutely. Monica monicamatthews.com and uh, iTunes Stitcher we're on you'll find us every Saturday Mm -hmm. if you will subscribe our podcast will come straight to you every week okay we love you be good